We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincycraft, which means I'm the gnarly gnome, uh, your guide towards craft beer enlightenment, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, you're hearing this show because of all of the issues I've had between websites and web hosts and podcasts and podcast hosts. Um, hopefully, your podcast player of choice is telling you that there's a show today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100% sure right now if it's going to work. I have spent so many hours in the last month just trying to trying to fix stupid things from trying to get away from GoDaddy. So GoDaddy, now that I'm away from you, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> GoDaddy will no longer ever sponsor the show. <laughs> Them and Kroger, man, they're out. <laughs> oh. I didn't say anything bad about Kroger. I just not said lately. I like Jungle Gyms more. Uh, Jake Rouse... Welcome back to the show. It's Hello. been a little while. It's so good to be here. Uh, of course, everybody heard Andy Foltz. Um, so back, uh, back after a week off, you missed um, Fibonacci. You missed hanging I'm out very, with the goats. I'm very sorry. To, I missed hanging out with the goats. I'm very sorry. I missed chugging a beer with Bob. <laughs> Bob didn't even get to get on the show because he was downstairs trying to finish up making all the beer for this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess infusing is about no halfway. I don't know if you could hear it on the actual episode. Halfway through the show, from the basement, there was just this horrible racket of him like processing cantaloupe or something like that down there. And I kind of hope it came across on the I show. I hope he won. Um, he well, yeah, he definitely won. I, okay. I tried it on good. Saturday. It was fantastic. All right. <laughs> um, so we've got a whole lot of stuff to cover. We are uh, Jake Rouse. I guess you guys know that we're at Braxton. If you listen to the show, you've definitely heard Braxton on the show um, although Evan Rouse is no longer the most appearances on the nope. show <laughs> and that's not even including Andy Fultz because I don't, you don't ca- get to count I your tally count. doesn't go up when you're co-hosting um, Andy Reynolds from Alexandria um, he even if like he's not on the show if he's walking by he'll run over and get on a microphone for just long enough that he gets another tally <laughs> mark <laughs> that's awesome but we've definitely we, uh, since he brewcast kind of has grown up with Braxton, we were starting the show at the exact same time that you guys were opening your doors, and so I've episode one was on the brew deck. I'll never forget it. So the first recording Mm -hmm. was on the brew deck, and then because Mike was goofy in the way he had to do everything, (laughs) we didn't play until the second episode because the first episode we just sat around and drank. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. (laughs) You know, it's a beer podcast, so it's fitting. Um, Which, speaking of fitting, um, I have not had a beer today, and there's one sitting right in front of me, and it just so happens to be my favorite. Braxton beer currently, I think. Do we make Can Twisted Bit anymore? Is Can Twisted Bit a current beer right now? Uh, no, we do uh, not so make Twisted this, Bit anymore. Then this is my favorite current beer. Is it? Is it October Fuel? It is October, it is Fuel. October Fuel. Oh, um, it tastes so good this year. From the beer fridge. Um, this was what well, this was the first lager, right? That you guys know. Tw- no. Twisted, Twisted Bit, bit first. was the first. October Fuel was the second, and. It it's got a special place in my heart. It's yeah, it's probably my favorite. So you can't exist in Cincinnati without doing something related to an Oktoberfest beer. There's been lots of people that kind of cut a couple corners and do their Oktoberfest thing and um the only one I'll call it, I'll call it Dogberry because he makes a great Oktoberfest now. <laughs> but his other one he cheated and made an Oktoberfest ale slash lager kind of hybrid thing, but you guys, from the beginning, when you were making a lager, you made a lager, which yeah. at the time, there were not a lot of people that were doing that. It was it was a, um, I don't know if it was ballsy or it's Cincinnati, so it, is it really ballsy to make a good Oktoberfest? I can tell you <laughs> that 
I can tell you that I consistently am blown away by that flavor. Like the first time I try October fuel, when it comes out of the tank, it just, Oh my gosh, it's so good. But what's most crazy about it this year of all years is everything for us has changed and, uh, the business and, and the, the brewery and everything that we're doing is it's, it's a little bit crazy right now in a very good way. Uh, so when we, <laughs> so when we came to make October fuel, which is a traditional lager, it's decoction mashed. One of the only in the country that we can find that is decoction mashed aged for 30 plus days. Um, you're going to tie up as many tanks as we tie up of this product <laughs> for 30 days. Uh, and so it required a lot of planning. <laughs> Uh, we just shipped everything last week, uh, so it'll start hitting shelves this week, and it just tastes so good. <laughs> it's officially Oktoberfest season in Cincinnati. It's right, July. Us, you know. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of people that give the pumpkin beers crap when they start coming out this time of year, but I don't ever see anybody mad about Oktoberfest beers. <laughs> right, Actually, right. I had somebody comment on that to me this morning. They're like, can you believe there's Oktoberfest beers in August? Yes. Yeah, yes, I, I can. I wish we had I, them year round. I know. And then I walked in and saw that and they're, what are you having? Duh. <laughs> but you know, I've always, I've always loved this beer. Yeah. When it comes to the Oktoberfest, there's so many of them that I think have that cloying sweetness to them. And October fuel is so crisp yeah. and so clean. I love this. Always love this. I beer. always joke, right? I always joke about this beer because this, this recipe is the brainchild of, of Evan and Richard coming together, right? So you've got my brother who trained up through Hofbrauhaus House and Richard, who his last step in his career before joining us was, was more line. And so there right. was, there was hundreds of years of Oktoberfest, uh, <laughs> you know, a creation in this recipe writing. So it's, yeah, it's special. Yeah. Was this the one too, that like, um, even with like the, the innovation team and stuff, everybody kind of come together, came together and really was that, was that October? Oh fuel yeah, that, like, absolutely. And, and the, the thing about October fuel is that the brew, like it's, it's hard to do decoction in a scaled environment. It's hard to make as many barrels of like, I, I, I don't know the exact number per se, but I, I believe that the number of barrels, it's north of 480 barrels of Oktoberfest that we made this year. And so that's hard to do because that brew takes 14 hours now uh, instead of a traditional eight-hour day. And and so what happens is they start on uh, they start on Monday at four p.m. and they brew nonstop until Friday, and so it's uh, it's a pretty crazy day around here, crazy week around here, and then the yield the end result is really fantastic. So it has to smell fantastic. <laughs> it yeah. does. It does. It absolutely does. Well, and with uh, I'm assuming this one and a lot of your more traditional kind of German style beers, you're starting to get them on at some of the other. Uh, traditional German festivals, which right. I I love. Like I, I I love drinking German beer for you know, mm-hmm. literally German beer at some of those things. But there's still something that when I go there, I want to drink local. Like I, yeah. you know, there, you know, the the whole celebration of Oktoberfest is about being local. It's not about German beer. It just happens that it's in Germany. <laughs> it's in Germany. They right. were drinking beer from Munich and still to this day you go there and it's just beer made in Munich that's allowed to be served there. It's 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 a local beer festival. <laughs> so when you know, we're here at an Oktoberfest and we're drinking beer that's been shipped across the country across the world. Yeah. That's that's kind of crazy to me. And everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh, look, we're celebrating authentically." And it's like, "Well, yeah, kind of, but you're kind of also missing the point of yeah. it all." And so seeing your beer on tap at those um, it makes it a little yeah, thank you, a little better for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll be reading more about all of those places we can get it very soon. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. Um, 
Let's talk before before we dig into this, which is a another huge conversation. Um, I just pointed to the four yeah. tall skinny cans sitting on the middle of the table. That, yeah, for uh, our listeners, just see what he pointed at. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the rooftop, which is yeah. where we're supposed to be sitting right now. Uh, unfortunately, all hell has broken loose in the sky, and it's raining and thundering and lightning. And yeah, I brought the Florida weather back with me. I apologize, Pete. When I was leaving work and driving down here, there was probably four inches of water just running down yeah. the middle of Montgomery Road. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fun drive to get down to Covington. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, the rooftop. Another project that yes. has been in the works for a very long time. Um, create pro- source of yeah. some of the chaos that you guys are in the middle of right now. Um, grand opening was... What, last week A week ago? Yeah, last weekend. Um how has the reaction been so far? You've had a, you've had a good week as far as yeah, weather goes. Yeah, yeah. It, the time I, that I was out there was a little warm. Yeah, <laughs> right. The, the grand opening was 105, which was really really tight, really tough to to launch the uh, the the rooftop at that day. But ever since we opened it, um, you know, last week and just the number of faces that we're seeing who haven't been back for six months, seven months, and then even mm-hmm. the the new faces is it's remarkable. Like we, you know. We, we have a lot to learn still, and it's part of the reason that it is so crazy is because we, we definitely, you know, we were very ambitious when we built it. Um, it's bigger than the tap room downstairs. So we knew that if we were going to make the investment to build it, we wanted something that would make an impact. Right. We're still trying to learn how to operationally, A, not run out of beer. Because we didn't upsize our cold box to match the size of the second <laughs> tap room, if you will. You doubled the size of your tap room. Right. And- <laughs> right. And so we're, you know, if you if you come in on a Sunday, likely half the taps are gone because we're still trying to figure that out. And we will figure that out by the end of this week, I hope. Um, but then we're also trying to figure out, like, how do you make the experience still amazing on all three floors? Because, you know, this, this past Friday, for instance, we had a private event, a wedding rehearsal dinner on Friday night in our event space. And then we had you know, the, the main bar that has been doing really well and seeing a lot of guests and friends and, and whatnot. And then the roof was, you know, bumping as well. And so we're trying to figure out how do you manage that crowd? Because the biggest thing to us is that experience, right? We want you to come here, have a beer, grow an affiliation with our brand, connect with it in some way. And then hopefully either go tell a friend, go buy it on a Kroger shelf, or wherever else it may be. And, and right now I think we've got some figuring out to do. But it's well, but it's been incredible. Like I mean, just the weather yeah. and just everything is, has been. It, you know, we live, we live in the city now, where it's so easy. If somebody walks into Braxton for the first time and has a bad experience, it's really easy for people to say, oh, "That's fine. I'm not going to go back." Yep. And so it's it's it, it becomes more and more and more important that when somebody does come in, either they have a great experience or they understand why things were the way oh, they were. Oh, for sure. You know, um, the the maybe we can describe the rooftop a little bit. It's uh, if you've been to labs, it feels a lot like the the tiny little patio at labs. <laughs> yeah. Just much, much bigger and uh, grander. No, I, I got a much different vibe upstairs, actually. I got a much more open vibe upstairs. Right. Um, I did make it up before oh, the great. rain hit, and I forgot to tip the Sherpa. So I apologize to him. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of stairs right <laughs> but, now. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stairs. And uh, 68. You know, he, yeah, he had, to, he had to pull me up the last eight. He's probably, yeah. yeah He'll probably be out on medical leave, but anyway, now the 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 wall you have yes. with the garden on that mm-hmm. is a big reason why I think it makes it seem 
I mean, it's open, more open anyway, but it just makes it seem more outdoorsy and mm-hmm. more lively. And, and again, just coming back from Florida, there was kind of that feel to it. Yeah. That you had a little bit of a. We really tropical. wanted to create a backyard type feel. Yeah. Right. So we wanted to build something that had the space to have a nice, you know, group of people up there. But we really wanted to continue to root it in who we were. So we contracted a, a buddy of Evans to build all the furniture out of pallets. Uh, we laid AstroTurf because you need to have green up there. And then the one thing that I was pretty passionate about through the entire project as it was becoming delayed and delayed and costs were rising and rising <laughs> um, is is that I, I like we've always done a really great job at kind of marking every space that we have with art. And that's that's a big piece of who we are. We try to find local artists to build some sort of mural or something that tells the story of the space that we're trying to create. And with the roof, we were ready to do that. And then I basically was talking to Evan, and I'm like, I want to do something different. Instead of building a mural, because we have a lot of murals, they're great. We found this company called Urban Blooms about back in January and basically said, let's build a living wall. So it's build something that's self-irrigated it's really nice and it grows and and continues to be outside so they'll come and you know they'll they'll replant and trim it every quarter and make it you know look look incredible but we wanted to build something that tied in that art aspect but was alive because you're outside and it i think it really brings everything together to just kind of you know I don't know, make it really special. I've but seen that, that pop up on social media a lot. We, <laughs> we a had, lot uh, well, and you also know that I'm a, I'm it's a marketer. Selfie wall. <laughs> I'm a marketer <laughs> yeah, at heart. It's so become, yeah. we built, you know, we, we partnered up with a company called dual light and we had them build our neon sign that we put up in bars and restaurants in seven foot length and put it right in the center of that wall. And, uh, we actually had the community manager of Instagram for Cincinnati shoot me an email last week and say that that wall was the most Instagram thing over the yeah. weekend. So it's <laughs> pretty awesome. Surprised. Like, yeah, we, we, who knew that was a uh, thing? The community manager of Instagram. Yeah, I didn't Cincinnati. either. I didn't either. Right. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> get that phone call. This is Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh crap. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. Be like, did I post? Yeah. <laughs> I never used Instagram. Um, it's, it's really fun to see, how you guys have managed to create a space that there are other rooftops in town. Yeah. There's some other really great rooftops. I think any rooftop is great yeah. because it's just, I don't know what it is about just getting yourself up off of that street and kind of get that. It just makes it a really fun place to drink. But you guys have managed to capture something that is new in a rooftop that, um, is going to be fun. You know, much like when you open a brewery and you do certain things with your tap room, you start to see other people incorporate that in there. Yeah you're going to see other rooftops open up where they're trying to incorporate some of this experience and this feeling that you guys have managed to capture there. And that's, that's cool to see yeah, how absolutely. that can affect other things. Um, it was hot when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I assume you guys yeah. are going to get some more shade. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We ended, we ended up adding, uh, we've got about seven umbrellas up there now and you know, it's, it's definitely a learning process, right? We're going to, we're going to figure it all out. And, and we've been really, we've gotten nothing but great feedback, which has been awesome. But you know, we know the elevator has to get turned on and that was, that was just frankly, like it's, it's waiting on its final inspection and I'm told it'll be done this weekend, but we'll see if that actually happens. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was, it's one of those things where it's really special. We're, we're bringing in a whole new crowd to Covington to this area that's built up around us, which has been amazing. And I just, I think that as we continue to grow that, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, we wanted to create a destination. We knew that where we were going to be was going to be our forever home. And in order to make that happen, 
we wanted to create something that cemented it as being different in the brewing scene here in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, and we decided the rooftop was the way to go. Well, one thing I like about the way it's built up there, um, the the drink rails, the, yeah. uh, the individual drink rails, I noticed they were on wheels. So they could move around and kind of change that space depending on the use to i assume the rooftop the, <clears throat> the rooftop is one of the rentable spaces the uh, you know we've had a lot of inquiries right now it is not um but we've had a lot of inquiries and we'll see how that goes um right now we want to just see as many people as possible right we don't want to prohibit yeah, anybody right. from getting up there <laughs> so yeah talking about getting as many people into the braxton experience let's jump on over to the uh the barrel house yes <laughs> which again is another one of those topics that um has exploded since we had you on the show yeah. last time um another really unique way to get the brand in front of people in different ways something that i think again we're going to see lots of other people trying to kind of think of things in a different way you see tafts is moving up into columbus yeah. with just a tap room not a brewery so like you see these other kind of ideas of how can we do this differently and it's definitely yeah. a way to it's, talk it's about a, that. you know what it is no it's, it's a lot of really creative thinking to a very real problem here at braxton um you know, we, we opened uh, this year, you know, knock on wood, we've, we've had an incredible year like it, so far, and, and it's it's been crazy, to say the least. We're, we'll be pushing 25,000 barrels this year, uh, which is uh, more than almost double what we did last year. Like, right. it's, it's crazy to think about what a lot of the innovation that we invested in last year has done, but what isn't growing is our space. Right. And, and so we, we knew again that this was going to be forever home because the building, the city is built up around us. We don't take that for granted. And we really wanted to kind of make that happen. Well, in order to do that and you increase your output by almost twofold, you start to look around and you're like, all right, this is going to break. Like the whole thing is going to break. Uh, you're going to break your people. You're going to break your processes. You're going to break everything you have. So we have we have a distribution facility in Ludlow. It's about a mile and a half away. It's about 15,000 square feet. And as we continue to grow, so like, you know, Vive, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about it for sure. I'm looking at it here on the desk. It's an amazing product. It's awesome. Like we've it's changed our entire company and the way we view products and innovation, all that. But Vive is primarily a variety pack. Ball Corporation does not care if it's primarily a variety pack, which means you're still ordering truckloads of four different cans instead right. of truckloads of one can and splitting it up against across the different things. So warehouse is becoming fuller and fuller and fuller and fuller, right? And, you know, kudos to our distribution partners for helping us kind of manage that and manage our inventories and all of that and make sure that we're staying on track. But we, we like, as Dark Charge has grown, and as Dark Charge is that signature event that is, you know, my bread and butter with with everything that I love about craft beer in general is that Barrel Age Imperial Stout. That, as that program's grown, it's now taking up a significant portion of that warehouse, and it doesn't move for an entire year. <laughs> and so we knew, we knew Evan and I knew after the third Dark Charge. So this will be the fifth Dark Charge, which is crazy oh, to think about. Um, and and so we knew that after the third dark charge that it was special and that it was going to continue to be something special that we do every year. You didn't get that year one. Well, year one was <laughs> year mean, one was crazy, and year two was repeatable, and year three was the number that we were just like, this is crazy. Like people were lining up at midnight, and we're honored. Like that's just such a cool experience. And 
But we looked and we're like, all right, so if we want to do this, like how can we capture more of that essence of the fact that we are in Kentucky, we have one of the premier barrel-aged events in the country, in the Midwest, I don't, I don't know, but, and there's no law, like there's no joke that bourbon is, is kicking everybody's butts when it comes to experience and when it comes to consumption, especially in the state of Kentucky, like you go to a bourbon distillery tour, it's sometimes, like you go to Woodford Reserve, it's like going to Disneyland for adults, it's unbelievable, like cue the barrel roll and the barrel like rolls down, like, you know, it's unreal, and and so Evan and I, you know, we, we're very experience driven because we think that that helps draw an affiliation to the brand and we can't afford TV and billboards and all that kind of stuff that everybody's doing. So we wanted to find a building and about three years ago, two years ago, we started looking for a building in Louisville because we're like Barrel House has to be in Louisville. Like we are going to, we're going to make ourselves a little bit more local in the central part of the state. Like how could you not do that? Right. And Louisville is a pretty solid market for you, is it not? Yeah, it's it's a decent market. It absolutely is, and and it's over. You know, it's it's heavy. Like the the craft market itself is smaller than Cincinnati, significantly smaller than Cincinnati, just because it's so bourbon focused. But but it's a great market for us, and and we wanted to be able to piggyback off of everything that's happening with bourbon and build better relationships with distilleries. And so we started looking at buildings, and we couldn't really find the right fit because that needs to be a warehouse on top of the fact that you want to do something really cool experiential there, which is usually pretty hard to do unless you put it in the middle of nowhere and hope people show up. And so one day this was the, like this whole barrel house has happened so quickly. Like it's, it's happened in the past six months, seven months. Like it's, it's not been a year since we, you know, pulled the trigger and said, we're doing it. One of our board members, uh, is, is a local real estate developer, investor, uh, so on and so forth. And, she was involved with a group that purchased the Rimke building. And as they were going through the whole building, you know, she sits in, obviously sits in our planning meetings and all that. And we kind of told her this was a long-term vision, like not we taking on that project along with the roof is something that I will never. <laughs> it was funny because the new, especially the way the news came out, it was like, <laughs> we're doing this massive expansion, not just with the roof, but with the tap room, yeah. with, with, with production, Equipment, new, new yeah. canning line five is coming at like, it's, it was this big thing. And then it's like a couple weeks. Like, oh yeah. By the way. <laughs> right, right. Right. And so, and so we, we basically got a call from this board member said, Hey, you got to come see this because we think that, it's really a unique space and we're just going to demo it. We don't have a reason to use it and we think it could be something unique. And Evan and I went and looked at it and we looked at each other and it was, it was no less than five minutes in. We're like, this is a no brainer because what's unique about that facility. So it sits in Dixie highway, which is close, which, you know, for Evan and I, like we, we like to be able to visit all of our breweries and we like to be able to hang out and, and kind of, you know, like we, you know, and I, you know, we've, we've explored opportunities in all kinds of cities. No, like we've, we, at one point were looking and had an offer on the table for somebody who really wanted us to put a brewery in Bowling Green and the drive back from Bowling Green, Evan and I looked at each other and we're like, we, I, I can't do this drive that often. Right. Like it just doesn't feel right. And so Fort Mitchell is like less than a mile away from where Evan lives. So he's like super fired up about that. And we went and looked at it. And it's, it's amazing because we're taking a space that used to be a loading dock and we're converting it into this barrel house experience. And the way Evan is playing with that experience and through the look and feel and everything, this is his baby. And so he doesn't even invite me to construction meetings anymore. He just <laughs> updates me once a week on if it's under or over budget or wherever that is. And, but what's cool about it is there's a 22,000 square foot, basement that is about six and a half no it's about eight to nine feet high so you can triple stack barrels down there 
and it's always at cellar temp because it's underground. Right. And so we looked at it and we're like, this is, this is amazing. And it's more space than we need for our barrel storing program. And so essentially we're going to do that. And we rolled out kind of, again, looking at how the bourbon industry does such, such an amazing job at drawing that connection and experience with the customer. We are going to brew there. We, we, we've got a small pilot brewery that we ripped out of down here and we're going to move it up there. And, but we're going to create this amazing experience around this private barrel program where a customer, a friend, uh, you know, an account, whatever it may be, can create their own barrel and we'll walk you through that process. We'll, it's going to be incredibly high touch. We've taken one of our best brewers down here and promoted him to run that program for us. And the response that we've seen has been unbelievable because we don't like, this is not going to be something where we're trying to produce like a hundred private barrels a month. Like we're going to have maybe 10 a month at most. And right now the inbound inquiries, if they're all real, like we're probably going to be booked for the first two years. It's unbelievable to think about. And like, we knew there was pent up demand because we've had these conversations with everybody, especially when you do a collaboration like graders, like everybody's like, Oh my gosh, will you make me a beer? Will you make me a beer? And so we knew that was there, but we didn't know that it was going to be like this. So it's going to be really unique. Um, what's going to be cool about it is I actually think that facility is going to open sometime mid September. Wow. So, you know, they're the construction team over there is really, 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 uh, incentivized to get that done. And, We've That's the, uh, the downside of it being on a loading dock like that. It makes it really hard for beer bloggers when they're driving by to look in the windows and see how far along things <laughs> That's are. Right. It used to oh, be really easy right. for yeah. See, my reaction was they're opening that soon. They really dislike working with Evan that much. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, just get this guy out of our hair. <laughs> The, the rooftop takes X amount of time to, to get it done. And yeah. then the, this yeah. one. The well, they, they didn't have to work with Evan. It makes yeah. sense to me. Plus, I guess when, when you're. That's what he gets for not being here. Oh, when, you're, awesome. when you're working on a rooftop that's above a tap room, when you finish work, you can go downstairs and have a beer. That's right. You don't yeah. have that advantage with the, uh, the barrel house. There's no beer there yet. Yeah, it is right. No, there's no beer there. They'd have to go to uh, the saddle club. <laughs> that's right. Um, it's a really, really, really cool idea, especially, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way with Dark Charge. Dark Charge is um, easily one of my top events. You know, I, you know, I talked just a couple weeks ago about how great Punch-Out is, and it falls right in line with yeah. that. You go there and uh, just spend the whole day and experience very different changes throughout the day. You've got that, you know, I pre-order my bottles. I'm a builder. I yeah. think that's, that's the advantage of being, you know, a builder. But I still show up really early in the morning just to hang out and to talk to people and to bottle uh, share to, uh, to, to bottle share to see those guys that got in line when the tap room was still open downstairs the night before. Like that's that's cool those are stuff. my heroes. Like those that guys that do that are shout incredible. out to, uh, to Chris Walker from Have a Drink Show. He's always right there in the front of the line. Although with his baby at home, uh, I hope he can get out now. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, it, it's really fun to take something about that side of Braxton, yeah. which again we. we talked about October Fuel and this side of who Braxton is. Dark Charge is this whole other personality of who Braxton is. Um, and it's, it's fun to be able to see those different pieces of it kind of incorporated. Yeah, we joke like, you know, I, I think Braxton and what we've done has done a really great job at creating that approachable, sessionable beer. And then one day a year we throw that all away. <laughs> one day one day a year, it's about as big and in your face as humanly possible. Well, what's, what's fun in my family is that we all are dark charge fans yeah. and so we all get our full allotment and then throughout the year it's an argument every time there's an event all right who's bringing the dark charge bottle for this one and somebody <laughs> has to bring one of their bottles and crack it open mine didn't last um, That's awesome. I, I still have my box last. set from well, this from the last this last year i still have the box set i still have i think three of the variants 
and then of course my uh, my my bass, which I'm still holding on to all of the bass variants. Oh man, I, w- I went to a bottle share like the next week, and we did a we did a <laughs> small them all. well we did a small <laughs> vertical of the mole. Yeah, basically. We oh did a small yeah, vertical of the mole, and between the most recent and the one before that, we're like there is almost no difference. It was yeah. incredible. Um, but yeah, we. I don't know. I can't hold on to shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I assume that the talks are starting about this year's Dark Charge. They are. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, Is there we any actions you can throw out there? For not, some? not yet. Um, we're, we're having our kickoff meeting here in the next three weeks, I think. And, uh, what I can say is we'll be going bigger than ever before. So it'll be, we'll, we'll continue to let you know how that's going to play out. But so last year we saw the rye barrel one. Yeah. Um, let's word the question this way. Are there other different barrels that are aging with dark charge in them? All I can say (laughs) is that Evan, so Evan doesn't necessarily tell me everything that he's doing. Right. Right. So, um, I, I kind of hit him up the other day. It was about a few weeks ago and I'm like, Hey, we need to start talking product plan for dark charge because it's right around August that you put the adjuncts in and, and let them sit and, you know, really give them six months to age or five months to age or whatever that is. And, and so he's like, yep, got it. And that was, that was the end of it. Like it was, it was like, you know, I'll let you know when I'm done. Um, I don't want your input into this, which is great. Like this is, it's his baby. So we'll see what's going to happen. Um, I do know there's a couple of surprises, uh, with some of the barrels that we were able to get this year, uh, that were surprising to us. And I know he's been piloting a couple of other unique twists on barrels. So I, I don't know if they'll come to fruition this year or next year or what, but would, there's going to be some cool stuff. I would be curious to ask him, and the next time I get a chance to get him on the show and ask him, I definitely will. But I'm curious if it gets easier to be creative with Dark Charge once you kind of knock the easy stuff out, or if it becomes harder, if that, if that's, if that makes sense as a question. I like think I, it... Because like you're forced to kind of do something yeah. that really is unique and really I think you have different. to ask him about that. I think that realistically though, there's always an ongoing debate, right? Because the team always has a favorite flavor. Right. And then we always read and hear what the customer's favorite flavor is. And so Mole's been around for three years. Does Mole come back for a fourth year? And then I you know, and then I voice my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how could Mole not exist? Right. Because it's so good. And, and they and are I'm, like, I'm and a strong second on that, right? Yeah, right. And but they're all, <laughs> but they're all saying like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna over build the set because we want the set to feel good at like four or five different variants, and that's that's really it. We don't want to have ten or eleven, right. and right. So it's it'll be interesting. My wallet thanks you for that. Yeah, too. right. But and that's yeah, that's part of what we're at thinking the same about. time. Like if you so if Mole comes back, you know, three years in a row. Now all of a sudden everybody expects Mole to always come back, right. and then it becomes then the one time it doesn't for something you know it just it, there's 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 a lot <laughs> it, to, it, to it may to well balance. ruin my Christmas. I'm just saying. I can't <laughs> the mole. I might still have. I'm just. I'm I might still have mole sitting in my cellar. I skip straight to Martin Luther King Day. That's how much <laughs> of an effect it will have on my holidays. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> we can just skip like that. I'm gonna. <laughs> Let's let's talk about a uh, whole different departure. Yeah, um, another completely different product that I still am extremely torn on and trying to <laughs> trying to wrap my head around yeah. it as a as a craft beer product because it's not 
a beer at all. It's five. Correct. Everybody knows it. Everybody's seen it. It blows me away. And I text you on opening day. Mm. I was on a float going down, uh, you know, all the way through the city. And I'm looking around and I see, I see some people drinking, you know, Bud Light and things like that. But I could not believe how many people I saw with those Vive cans. Yeah. It was mind blowing that that quick people just jumped on and said, all right, I'm, you know, I, I don't need my, my white claw. I don't need my truly whatever it is. I want, I want this product. That's a local product. That's right. And you know, with Vive is, it's really interesting. And I, I want to, I actually want to interview you. I want to, <laughs> I want to hear more about why you're torn on it. Cause I'm, I'm just, I mean, I can, I can, I can dive into it if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it's strange to me to see craft breweries creating a product that is, almost purely a marketing product it's hmm. it's water yes some of them taste a little bit different than others but it's 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 water <laughs> it's just, i can't i can't wrap my head around why number one why so many people are crazy about it yeah I, i've drank them and they're okay you know i usually want to dump some rum or something in it but i you know like <laughs> it doesn't come close for me for the experience that beer does interesting so what I, what I would say to that yeah yeah which which I understand and like, clearly I'm in the minority yeah, well no and, and <laughs> what what I what I would say to that is is so we had a lot of the a lot of these conversations before we launched this product right a lot a lot of these conversations are these cold specifically yeah uh, they should be they are. so you should have one um, specifically you know what what does it mean to be a brewery that produces uh, a hard seltzer and produces five and what it really came down to known for us a couple of things right first and foremost um this product is probably the most crafted product we've ever done in fact i would challenge you to say that not only is it incredible and tastes great and and we're fired up about what it's doing in market but there are not many breweries in america that can make it in fact we're in the process of patenting the process to make it because we've created something completely different to get it done. And so when you think about Braxton as a whole, and I agree, there's a lot of breweries out there that craft breweries in particular that, that have prided themselves on that, you know, big in your face, handcrafted, bold flavor. That's never been us, right? right? We've always been lead with storm. You know, you, you, garage beer is our best seller now. You like, worded it really good on, on Cappy's cast with Ben Cappy. Yeah, you you called it the democratization democratization of, of craft, craft beer. beer, and that's and that's what we've been about for a long time. It took us a long time to arrive on those words, and we had a lot of conversations about you know because because I'm not gonna lie, like in the beginning when we released this, we had a lot of breweries that were shitting on us. Like I can't believe they're doing it. Like what what are they doing? Like all of that well, and. and and, then and I had some compete with you for and, who did it. Well, we, we won't get into that. Um, but 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 I literally had to call an all hands meeting and kind of kick everything off and the product off with everybody and and let everybody know that in our team, like you should be immensely proud of this because we've put this up in blind taste tests with national competitors and it's winning. Like the flavors, yeah, they could be hard to dis, dis, decipher between some brands. But using all natural fruit and using the process that we create to create the flavors that we have, we're winning right now. And and so it's tough. And I, I definitely get it. I think people have to understand that craft as we know it is changing. Like it's it's when I think that's I think more than anything else, it probably bothers me that I go out and you walk into a bar and I see people drinking 
hard seltzer instead of October Fuel or instead yeah. of you know whatever yeah, the but, other. But, 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 but that's just how that's, many that's how many times do we say thing. though palate is preference and so if that's true for beer I, it's I true when that, you're doing this alternative but you don't buy it but i don't buy it 100 percent because i still don't if if somebody likes bud light in my head it's like that's because they don't know better yet and they haven't found that better product they yet. have trained their not palate saying not saying like, this yeah, isn't yeah. a no, better no, product. it's, just, and very, it's a can, very different category for me but to your point about the bud light they've trained their palate to like it they can train their palate to like other things right if you know they want to it takes the effort but what but it doesn't bother similar. me when there's when there's a brewery that's also a distillery and they're making you know rum or right. whiskey or whatever that doesn't bother me for well, some so, reason. so i can't figure out why because you a, like rum and you like whiskey <laughs> yeah, right. that's I, why I, I can't say that i don't like this because i do like it's not it's, it's it tastes good it just you know it doesn't when it's 105 <laughs> What a, go what for I, what I, ah, I like that. That's where's our mar, where's Mitch? Where's Mitch? Our marketing lady should yeah, he's hear that. Fired. I'm hired. <laughs> but no, what, what what I will say is that we, as a category of craft, have done a terrible job. The whole category at understanding consumer need states. We, as a category, have been focused on occasions and. Beer as a whole has been focused on occasions, right. and that's why wine and spirits are mopping it up right now, right? The reality is, is that, you know, it, IPAs and everything, they're great. We Tropic Flare, still probably one of my favorite beers that we have on tap. But even myself, who works in this industry, I'm trying to drink less. I'm trying to be healthier. Like, I've probably put on 30 pounds since starting Braxton. Like, it's, it's you know, that stuff is real. And... The reason these products are so incredible and these brands are so good and you're seeing such a growth, both male and female, is because they're hitting on all of that. They're hitting on the fact that people want to drink less. In fact, it was 8 out of 10 consumers are actively trying to reduce consumption. Like, that's that's scary for the beer business that thrives on volume. You've got the fact that everyone's trying to be healthier right now. You know, there's a... You know, you've got everything from Whole30 to, to all these different diets that are coming to life because people are trying to be a more fit, you know, person. Then you've got the fact that the generation younger than me, which Gen Y, Gen Z, I don't, I don't know, but they're not drinking at all. We call that Gen lame. And yeah, well, and when they are, when they are I call drinking. That underage. <laughs> And when they're not drinking at all, hilarious. it's the toddlers. And when they when they are drinking, they're drinking spirits primarily. So you know, I, I recently the the latest data, IRI data, just refreshed today. We got it today, ending through the Fourth of July uh, holiday. And like I can tell you that the the thing that we're seeing and and the way that this is overlapping is it's it's hitting on a need state of wanting to consume less and feel better about doing it. Right. Alcohol is never good for you, but 100 calories, 2 grams of carbs is much better for you than, you know, however many calories are in a Tropic Flare, and I don't even know that number. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I want to know that number. But but in the essence is like, this is different for craft, but this product is sourcing 57% of its volume from wine and spirits. It is bringing people into the Braxton family that will come on a really hot day and have a Vive Mango and will stay and try one of our beers. They'll try Summer Trip and they'll get, you know, hopefully really, really love it. And so for us, like, 
we've always wanted to be that brand that can democratize craft and we can tear down those walls to teach people that making local products and creating something amazing and doing it all here in your backyard can be special and that's what vive means to us it's it's not about the fact that you know a complete marketing play i can tell you right now the amount of vive that i consume to beer it's probably four to one I probably have four vibes to every one beer, and that's like in a month span when I'm out drinking because it's just that good. And the reality is, is again, the way our team created the flavors, created the process to create the flavors, and where we're going with it next, it has completely redefined our company. It's bigger. It's bigger than just a beer release and some of the cool stuff that we've done. But this has opened up doors for us that we have never imagined, and and we're gonna go. You know, we're going to try to go as big as we can with it. You talked about where it goes from here. Um, I assume there's more flavors and things like that that you guys yes. are working on. But um, I, you guys are also testing out some draft we are. options with it. Uh, how's that going? I, uh, it's going. I don't – so it's interesting. Like I read all the industry circulars. I read everything that I can get my hands on about beer, alcohol in general, right? Everyone, White Claw, Truly, AB, they're bottom viv. They're all going hard at draft. Yeah, AB Whoop. is getting ready to announce their, or they just are announcing, just releasing their natural light seltzers yeah, right now. Yeah, right. I, the reality is, is that draft is not terribly interesting to me in this category i don't think it will work for a lot of reasons like i really don't i don't see it working number one it it has is a higher than normal carbonated product so drinking out of the can allows that carbonation to be captured in the can and allows that flavor profile to happen number two like what any flavor if you're not careful can taint a line pretty quickly and so unless you're careful about how you're doing it. And a lot of the draft releases I've seen have been their pure bases and, and all of that. And I just, I think that consumers really like drinking out of the can specifically with this product. And so what will happen? I don't know, but will we do, will we do draft if draft becomes a thing? Absolutely. And we've had conversations. We're right. piloting it yeah. at a few places. There, there is a logistics thing from like the bartending side yeah. that I'm thinking of with well, that line that when you change, not just, vive to something else but vive mango to let's say dragon fruit yeah you're gonna have to clean that line or or beer like say no, you put beer, you truth on before line. vibe you like you can't put vibe on <laughs> where beer was yeah i mean it's it's, it's gonna be gonna it's gonna be a it's lot of be, learning yeah. and then even then it's got to pour at a higher pressure right so then not only are you changing the line you're tweaking your draft system every time and so again Will it happen? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. It it can be done. It's just a lot more effort, and I'm thinking of trying to change that keg on a Friday night. Well, just forget that side of it, though. As a bartender, which would you rather do? Would you rather you know grab a can, pop it, and hand it to somebody, or pour them a a, a seltzer? uh, It's not. Ask them if they want ice in it. You know, wash the glassware. No, I'm thinking about being in the back, changing the keg, and having the just my contacts shot out of my eyes because it's overcarved <laughs> and I didn't put it on tight. And this, that's where my head yeah, is. Right. But that's also me. That's a very me thing. Yeah. You've also got the advantage too when somebody's standing in a bar, they're holding this can and drinking it. That doesn't it hurt. Versus <laughs> <laughs> it's, and then when somebody else sees it, like there's, there's so yeah, many and, sides to it. That, and it is right above hand level. Yeah, it's very, so there's yeah, the marketer. very cleverly right. thought there's out. There's the marketer. <laughs> um, what 
other, and, and I don't know that there is an answer to this right now, what other directions are you guys thinking about right now as far as Braxton, or is it just get through this? Yeah. This has been a crazy year. I mean, it's it's been a big year of investment, a big year of trial, significantly better than last year. Um, we're definitely working on some exciting things for 2020, um, but a lot of it is going to be about going deeper with what we have. One of the things that we've, you know, that we've found and it takes time to understand this. Like we, we have some real home runs in our portfolio right now that we need to spend time actually going deep into and making sure they get all the way to the home plate. Right. If you look at some of the products that you guys have, you know, you're you talked about Tropic Flare. You yeah. talked, we talked about October Fuel and some of the the loggers that come out seasonally. Um, 1957 dear god 1957 like there's there aren't that many beers like that that are packaged on that scale around cincinnati right. or i'm sure even national like there's you guys have some real yeah. really that, really good stuff that's the one out. that competes with october fuel for me that's definitely my <laughs> wife's favorite I, there you it's, go wait well and again adam told me yeah. a couple years ago that you guys can that specifically because i liked it so much that's exactly right that. that's exactly he right. told me yes. that too yes <laughs> But no, it, Adam you know, likes me better than you. <laughs> Probably, we're, we're looking at you know we're we're looking at uh, at garage beer, which garage beer is on fire. We we actually just in that IRI refresh I saw, it's the tenth fastest moving skew on the shelf right now, in all of craft. It's unbelievable, and like wow. we're and we're working really hard to make sure that we don't mess that up in a world where storm is always going to be around. It's the it is what we built the company on. But we're working hard with our brewing team, with my brother, with our entire team to understand a world where Storm isn't the lead product anymore. And that's challenging, right? Because it's like, this is the brewery that, like, we went all in on starting the business because we had Storm. And Storm is still there. It's still great. And we still, you know, we still sell a lot of it. I still drink it from time to time. But garage beer is is where people are going. And, and so we're trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we... How do we do that? Like, how do we make sure that that lives on? And how do we, you know? So it's it's it, it'll be an interesting year for sure. And how many states is that distributed in? Garage beer primarily yes. is just distributed in, in Dayton, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. So you're talking about a two state, maybe yeah. two metro area, yep. and it's the tenth highest moving. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is. But, and I can I can say, and you know, my house, we've always got garage beer in the fridge. It's always there. That's true. I can't say that about Storm. I can say yeah. that every time I crack open a Storm, I'm like, oh, my God, why don't we have this in our fridge more often? <laughs> right. But right, I, right. we always have garage beer. It's that nostalgia effect that comes with Storm. It's also, like, for me, it's it's that, you know, we talked about, you know, the Bud Light drinker. Somebody, right. they don't know better. Then I can I can give them a garage beer and say, look, this is, this is gonna, you're going to like this. And here's why it's better. And explain to them mm-hmm. why it's better. And so we always keep it just for... Even just for and, that reason, and, but I drink a lot of it. <laughs> and at a price point that they can get. Yeah, behind. right. A buck Great of beer. price point. Right. You know, buck a beer. Um, one of the things that I love about Braxton and a couple other places locally here too, but Braxton especially, is this way you guys have managed to start to, and we talked about a little bit with Vive, about pulling in other people, people that aren't necessarily the, the beer geeks, yeah. you know. And Graders is a great example of it. Um, it was probably beyond your expectations when it first came out yes kudos um, on the key lime by the way oh thank fantastic. you fantastic the best flavor we've done so far for it, sure it like, went down really good when i was on the rooftop and it was 100 and whatever degrees I outside. Bet it did. <laughs> I bet it did. um 
how conscious is that on you know talked about it being with vive but how conscious is that across the board with stuff of creating things that can kind of jump some of those gaps and pull in other drinkers versus just another craft beer geek who wants very to well an and, and in reality no like we we don't do well with the geek until we had labs we absolutely didn't do well with the geek right and zach banky's That's done true. a phenomenal job over at at labs to to focus on creating those beers that are really exciting and true craft at its core. And, and so, you know, for us, like we, we think about the customer that it, that it approaches all the time. I mean, a prime example, I mean, like I'll tell you this and it's probably, if I look back the year, the year has been incredible. If I look back on the one thing that I'm probably most disappointed about in this year, it's how we handled summer trip. We summer trip is going to end the year down a little bit. Like it's going to be down in volume, which after three consecutive years of double-digit growth, it was the fastest-growing craft brand on the shelf last year in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky in that in that geography. It's not going to happen this year. And, and part of it is a lot of what you're talking about. We made this mantra internally before, you know, right around the spring, and we called it win the summer. And we were going to do everything in our power to win the summer. And I think in doing that, we created a lot of products that speak to that summer drinker that put summer trip at risk. Vive, for instance, you know, Vive is what I'm seeing. Even even garage beer for me. Garage beer. Key lime pie is a very similar style to summer trip. Uh, You've got jam session, which was a summer session IPA. You've got tropic flare, which is a very easy to drink new England IPA. So, we're thinking about it a lot more now than we ever have. Um, I think that as we look to our 2020 plan, it'll be thinking about, okay, where can we just go deep with the product that we have? Because we're also going to be fighting strategic capacity planning because we are not like we have 12 tanks. That's what we have. We've got to maximize our output of those 12 tanks, which brands aren't going to make it because they can't fill a full 120 and which can just thrive off of living at labs or whatever that right. is. And, and then all while keeping variety a big thing, which is a challenge, right? Because we put 30 taps downstairs, we've got 20 taps upstairs, and then we're going to have 28 taps at the barrel house. We've got to keep variety alive, like, and that's, that's important to us as well. So there's a lot more. We've matured a lot as a company. Uh, we've, we've learned a lot through the four years that we've been open, and I think what we're doing now is we're right now we're doing a lot of reacting because we didn't expect Vive to do what it's doing. I mean, not, don't get me wrong. We, we launched it and bought that new cannon line and bought all that equipment. I thought it was going to be big. I did not think it was going to be what it is today. Um, and so now we're trying to figure out, okay, what's next? How do we do like, how do we keep that alive? How do we not let that slip away? How do we, how do we fix the seasonality curve? Like how do we make sure that in Q4 people still drink Vive and, We've got a really unique uh, plan for that that we'll announce next week. Um, but well, the, this will air next week. <laughs> I, it airs on Monday. Yeah. Ooh, it airs on Monday. It does. Could it air on Tuesday? It could. Well, given the struggles he's had, it will <laughs> it air. Might on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me uh, let it. me let me text let me text Mitch real quick <laughs> while we're while we're talking because what I think is is really cool. Um, even you know, aside I'm from, I'm sorry, I love that sound on there. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great sound. <laughs> the the funny thing is, we're not actually drinking. Those are all sound effects. This is all fake. <laughs> no, we are we are drinking. That's live. Um, <laughs> it's the brewcast. We're drinking. <laughs> you guys have managed to not only find these different these different products that 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 fit these different types of drinkers, but 
you look at the the spaces you guys are creating too with you know the the, the tap room downstairs the the rooftop upstairs labs is a whole different experience yeah. barrel house is going to be a whole different experience you're getting these very different vibes with each of those that like pull in different crowds you that's, know there i, I know goal. people that are like oh yeah i don't like braxton but but labs i love labs yeah. but then you love braxton what are you talking yeah, about no and i, <laughs> like I hear that i hear that a lot too and and my goal is to understand that right and it's it's you know in an ideal world you like each facility for different reasons and you may prefer labs over hq or whatever and i hear that a lot because i think that one of the things that I hear the most of about labs and why people love labs is because they believe at its core labs operates most like a traditional craft brewery that they think of. Right. It's a new beer every week. It never gets repeated. Every time you walk in, there's something different on tap. And so that was part of the reason we made the move to put 30 taps downstairs because now every time you come in, you should have something different. Um, and it, and it's true. We, you know, we have three small fermenters here at Braxton that get to play with variety and that's it, you know, but labs was the core of labs was to create variety for the whole company. So we're learning a lot about how to make all that happen and stay true to who we are. And, and while we do that, you know, we're hoping to bring in a distinctly different person because I, you know, I've seen a lot of, and talked to a lot of brewery founders who are operating the multi-facility model but they're doing it within three hours of their facility, right? Like, right. you know, we, we know the New Realm guys out of Atlanta who are operating in Virginia. We know the Modern Times guys who have three or four breweries, but they're all up and down the coast. So we've got three breweries in a three-mile radius. That is scary <laughs> to me as a founder, like, because all of a sudden, if your roof just starts cannibalizing all your other facilities, then what, what have you done? So we've been very careful to make sure that you know, keeping them close to home means they're going to operate at a much more efficient manner, meaning we're going to be able to, to watch them and make sure that, you know, you get that level of service. Our, our bar team are some of the best in the country, and they're great in their understanding of the beer. But any time that that dips, that's not okay, right? And we want to be close to be able to, to have those conversations when it happens. So, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, it's, and we're looking at more facilities. I'm not, I'm not lying about that. Well, and, and that's, you know, we've seen the growth of products like vive yeah. and how crazy they're getting nationally i can't if it doesn't stop I, I, I can't imagine that you guys can keep up with what people are wanting to be made and even in this facility if you just weren't making beer yeah like and that's that's a crazy thing to think about but there's there's a high likelihood that it's not going to stop if this is what the younger drinkers are drinking there's not any reason that they won't keep doing that <laughs> What about Vive Seltzer Works? What if we create a tap room just for? It would have to have like <laughs> I'm a. Kidding, I'm it would have kidding. to have like a, a pool inside of it and some kind of like dance sand, club vibe. Part yoga studio. I want sand on the floor. <laughs> I definitely want sand rooms. on the floor. Yeah, I want volleyball. Lots of flashing lights. It has to have like strobe lights everywhere. So your vibe is very different than my yeah, vibe. Yeah, no, my, for vibe. my vibe is I, I just got back from Florida. <laughs> my vibe is basically Siesta Key in a oh, Yeah. Right, yeah. That's my vibe. Mm-hmm. It works. And you gotta keep the heat up. <laughs> That's right. Like yeah, 70, 80. It'd be a hot yeah. yoga studio. No, you walk you walk in in December and you're like, Oh my god, I wish I wore shorts. <laughs> That's vibe. That's the vibe tap room. So what I what I do really enjoy about products like five is the cocktail side of it because yeah. I, I like cocktails and 
I'm curious, and I don't. I haven't seen a lot of the the breweries with their seltzer kind of go more on a cocktaily kind of route with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would, I, I would like to see something that isn't just lime. I would like to see some kind of cocktail inspired mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, we've played with it for sure. We've played with it. Um, I don't know if you've actually tried them yet, but we we've got a really good thing going right now with Kettle One Botanicals. I have not tried them, and uh, I think before you go, I'll make sure you get to try all three of them because sounds good. To that me. those products, <laughs> those those two products look like they belong on the shelf together. Yeah. They taste and supplement each other unbelievably well, and so I think that that has been a really really interesting foray for us. Um, you know, getting people to try the product who traditionally don't like beer or who traditionally don't like seltzer, but then they try a cocktail and like, oh wow, this is unbelievably good. And so we're we're definitely playing with that. We're we're definitely targeting like the coolest part about being in that Vive space is that it gives you the flexibility to do all kinds of creative stuff. And you give my brother the ability to do all types of creative stuff, and I can assure you some of the things that he's bounced off the wall, I'm just like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work, but sure, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Um, and I'm excited to see where that goes. I mean, we've, we've tried, I mean, we've talked about everything, everything you can imagine, uh, of where this can go. And I think it really just depends on where the customer wants it to go. I, I look forward to on, uh, our Christmas, uh, break, uh, hanging out and sitting with the family, drinking cranberry and spruce tip infused <laughs> Um, and dark charge mole. Of course, of course. Right. Just like let's not lose sight I'm, of the I'm, ultimate yeah. goal here. I'm not what cracking, if we I'm not cracking my mole that early. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sounds like a great April Fool's joke. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I, wax tip the can. Or wax wax tip the can. If you barrel age it in Rome, I don't see why it couldn't work. <laughs> it might it. actually be really yeah. good. That might be a good idea. Um, yeah. Let's go bigger picture before we kind of wrap things sure. up and talk about just kind of beer in general and i think you guys have a very good kind of bird's eye view of this because of some of the products that you have um where do you see things going like what's what's happening right now in beer we see a lot of people talking about very different things here one person that'll say the bubble's collapsing and everything's tearing itself apart then other people like no things are better than they've ever been yeah i uh i really don't i don't feel bubble collapsing at all um and that's not just because of Vive. Our beer brands are having a phenomenal year as well because we analyze them completely separately because otherwise we'd be fooling ourselves. My take on beer, and this has been really, a, I think, a paradigm shift that I'm very, very thrilled with because if you remember, we've been really, really good at creating really special products. And there were a couple years in the beginning of Braxton where that's what floated the whole business, right? graders how many times can we do graders what can we do with graders like what's and graders is incredible to work with and that's not going anywhere because they're great and the products are great and i think the the feedback that we're getting on the products are awesome but what i'm seeing at a, let me interrupt you for yeah. one second you reminded me of something that i need to let everybody know about when i was on the rooftop which was for the the, the, the kind of the, the yeah. media preview night um i saw someone from graders walking around with a cooler and uh he would go and get his his vibe. Yes. I believe it was probably dragon fruit. I'm going to guess that he was drinking, and then he would get in his cooler and pull out a pint of the raspberry chip to 
take a scoop and dump it in there. So just I'm th- throwing that, that out there for the actually, world. It actually wasn't the raspberry chip ice cream. They're releasing a product oh. next <laughs> month. Gotcha. So I'm spoiling next something right month, now. <laughs> Next month or next week that we will be featuring here as well. So gotcha. just be on the lookout gotcha. for that. Um, and, and that's, again, trying to work together on creating something really special that is beyond beer. What I'm seeing at a macro level from beer is pretty interesting. Uh, I'm seeing more and more consumers become fatigued with new, which is interesting because that was never the case. Uh, and we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing, you know, not just us, but almost everybody's new release is sitting around longer uh, because there was so much of an influx at new that, and, and for a brewery that, you know, our, our graders collaborations with the graders family is is one of the biggest brands on Kroger shelves and it's only existing for eight weeks out of the year, right? We've got to learn how to have that conversation differently with, with retailers. Now it's like, it's not, you're not going to drop a pallet and it be gone by the end of the day. That, that isn't how it works. Look at the total of the whole and see how that goes. I see a lot of a pendulum swinging back to core, which is crazy. Like it's, it's crazy to think about because these breweries that, you know, God bless them, the OGs of the world, the New Belgiums of the world, the Oscar Blues of the world, the Cigar Cities of the world. They're, they're having incredible years. And they're not releasing a ton of new products. It's just people are coming back to Fat Tire, to Dales, to, to, to High Ally. And, and so for us, again, I think that's part of the reason you hear me talking about, like, before we go down this path of how much new can we add, I really want to go deep on the products that we think can be here for three to five to ten years. And so... I don't, I don't see it. I do not see a bubble bursting. I don't see as much opportunity to opening a brewery today as I did last year or even the year before, certainly not three years ago. Can it still work? Sure. It absolutely can still work if you've got the right mindset, the right capital, and the right ability to execute. And location. Yeah, but the stakes are different, right? Like, you know, it used to be everybody when we opened, it was, we're going to figure out the quality thing later. Like if you have bad beer now, you're, you're not going to make it. You just won't. That's table stakes. And so I think that, I think you see a lot of these taproom breweries that are opening and they're doing okay. Um, but it's harshly competitive now. I mean, even, even for us, like even for us, and we've got great relationships with some great accounts. Like there are now an additional seven breweries in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area that are fighting for a tap handle. Like, that doesn't make it any easier. Right. There'll be a few more by the end right. of the year. Yeah, exactly. But the core thing, we talk about that. We talked about that a little bit uh, with releases at Listerman about how people are kind of, there's so many new things coming out that people aren't able to go chase the new thing every time. And Well, I think when when things were much smaller, you could get to all of them. Right. And so you did. And then as soon as that started shifting and it was like, okay, I can't make this one. Okay, I can't make this one and this one. Then that, that, that thinking starts to change. And it's like, all right, I, don't, I can't go to all of them. So I'm just going to go to this one and this one. Or I'm just going to go to this one. But, and you're, you find Im- yourself picking and choosing. And that impacts the new. Right. right. So yeah. did, you, did you get permission there? I did not get permission. <laughs> He's not John, answering Mitch his is, Mitch, is, Mitch is the new no man. Um, <laughs> so... I think that by the time this show posts, there will probably be at least rumors, if not news, of somebody else closing locally too. Which, you know, yeah, things things are definitely changing. Um, 
things are are shifting in a way that like it's not and it's not always just quality quality still is i i don't think the number one no. thing that you need to worry about when you're operating no, no. You, you need to worry about it but um you can operate a brewery very successfully and not have the best beer in the city correct and it's 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 strange to to watch that happening and i i think the, the blank slate i talk about them a lot on the show i think they were the first time that we started to see that and be like oh my god yeah. we, we we were wrong about this whole big picture it's not it's not about a bubble it's not about this it's not about that it's there's so many other factors that are coming into play with all of this yeah know, and and it it is and you know I, I think that is one of the things that we've been really really fortunate to have at braxton a yin and a yang like you know, Evan and I work really, really well together, and we still have the fiercest battles you could ever imagine in your life. Like, there are times where, you know, where we want to flip conference room tables at your, each other, right? Your mom told me the other day that uh, that sometimes family dinners are a little, yeah. little uh, tense. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And, like, and, 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 but at the same time, we both know when to stay in our lanes, right? We, I, I'm as much input as I'm going to give him in the world on the next Vive flavor, I know that deep down he's going to make that call and I'm going to sell whatever he has given me to sell. And because he's not going to put his name on a product that he doesn't believe in. And likewise for him, he knows that when I tell him that we've got to get, you know, so-and-so invested in uh, in marketing or we've got to hire this person for the business team or whatever, that it's not because we don't need other things around the business. It's because it's a yin and a yang and everything has to work together in order to move the business forward. So I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I see it. I mean, blank slate still is a special place in my heart, right? Opera cream stout. I still dream of that beer. So, um, paradise. Yeah, right, right. And so Paradise has it. Well, they have a version, a version. Not there's I think every time we talk about it we're supposed to be very clear that it's not the same beer. No, it's not. It is an, an opera cream homage to yeah. right. opera cream. I'm hoping that one day Scott and Bobby decide to release that through 50 West. Like, I, think, I, I, think I think it's just everybody too hopes of, for it's that. too good of an idea not Everybody to that hopes for that. So. I just from what I've the conversations that I've been privy to, I will not hold my breath on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 well, and, and it was Scott's least favorite beer that he made. At least that's what he told me. I don't uh, think yeah, I'm, I don't think know. I'm stepping out of line and saying that Scott's a little stubborn too. And I, I don't think that he, I, I think that when he says I'm not doing it, it's, it's yeah. just completely yeah. off the table. But I don't know. Yeah. Bobby can be very convincing too. So yeah, who mean, knows? You, you got a better chance of making me root for the Steelers. <laughs> um, is there anything that you think people don't know about Braxton that you want them to know about who you guys are, what you guys do? I hope that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a, a no, like I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't know a lot about us. My, my hope is that something that Evan and I, and my dad now, since he's full time here, talk a lot about is as we continue to grow, like it's, it's different. There's, there's no doubt that it's different. I mean, there's, there's two breweries now there will be a third brewery there's a lot more people here we're up to 60 plus employees like we hope that as we continue to grow that we continue to stay rooted in who we are and you know we still try to spend a lot of time here but there are times where it's like you know i i'm so jealous that you went to siesta key because (laughs) i need to get out of here for a few days right and it's like it's it's just trying to make sure that everything we do remains authentic and who we are and and is that family base because it's it's what we're building and it's, it's what we truly care about. And, you know, my, my only asked everybody and what I've kind of told every, 
employee here and, and everybody that we meet with and is just basically if that if we ever do something that feels like it's off base of who we are, I want to know about it, right? Because in the moment they can feel like the right decision and you know, we're always talking about it and just want to hear, you know, what people think. Well and what's really interesting is all of my you know, I don't I don't talk about breweries that are my favorites or not favorites that yeah. often because I'm 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 trying to be the gnome but all of my breweries that i consider my favorite breweries in town when i talk to them that is a very key part of it is yeah. that, and I, I hate calling it on brand but when you talk to people and they understand who they are as a brewery it's not always who you are as a drinker or who you are as a as, as, as a person there's there's this other entity here that is braxton and what is braxton who is braxton yep. and how do you how do all of these things fit into that and making sure that everything kind of falls in that that umbrella and some people have cracked that code and some people still are just trying constantly to f- sometimes to even to figure that 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 umbrella out figure that 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 brand out yeah it's um it's it's definitely exciting to watch fun to watch sometimes scary to watch with some places <laughs> <laughs> for sure um, guys thank you very much yeah um and thank you to whoever is listening to this um because Sponsor, we have no sponsor this week. What? No, they. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so our sponsor is all of you who listen to the show, and um, if you like what the show is and you like what we can do or should do, um, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash the gnarly gnome, and you can sponsor the show there, and you can be the sponsor be of the, the sponsor. show. You can uh, you and can make my wife not be mad at me by <laughs> helping. And that that's a big thing for both of us. Um, my wife uh, yeah evidently she does listen to the show yeah (laughs) we learned that last week thanks for listening Brandon Um, so if if you have something that you want to say about what we do you can also hit us up on social media um, at Cincy Brewcaster at the Gnarly Gnome or you can call call the drunk line Mm -hmm. (laughs) 567-70-DRINK and if it's really good or really bad maybe we'll play it on the air (laughs) either way as long as it's fun that's awesome and uh, yeah Thank you guys very much. And we'll yep. be back next week. I believe we're probably going to be in studio next week because we're um, putting together a whole bunch of stuff that uh, um, that, that is going to air while I do take my first vacation. Sorry. My first vacation since starting going? the brewcast. Gatlinburg. Nowhere nice. that exciting. But no, it's, it's my, first, my yeah. first non-work-related vacation. <laughs> that's awesome. Since starting the show. Oh, yeah, man. So, um, trying you're to cram a whole then. bunch of shows in before that. Yeah, you're overdue then. <laughs> so my wife is very angry at me these uh, next couple weeks for how much I'm working. So, uh, Jake, thank everybody you, no, here yeah. at Braxton, thank, thank you very much Jake. for not only making this show happen, but for doing what you do. Thank you, guys. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.